Welcome to episode 5 of Talk Commerce, where we talk about commerce in this new digital world and how it touches the merchant, consumer, and agency. We interview Aaron Moss of Zero One and MDOQ this week on helping developers automate their Magento CI pipeline and how this saves big money for merchants. This episode was recorded on April 14th, 2021. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. All right, so um, you, you haven't seen last week's episode, but uh, last week I did start off with some music, and it went do 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 do. Oh, you saw the preview, yeah. So Derek, yeah, it was Derek, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. yeah, so it hasn't okay. been published, but we do do some music now, and and so if you wanted to do the intro music, that would be great. So go ahead. What to to tap a tune? No, yeah, you just have to do the. We're just looking for some really good intro music. So if you could, okay, us, okay. You know, maybe a fifteen-second song as intro, that'd be fantastic. Wow, God, on the spot. Did it do do style? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, any style you want. This is open mic. This part. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit this, so don't worry. I'm not going to put anything embarrassing. Well, it's probably going to be about five or six seconds, dude. Um, something that springs to mind, actually. Do 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 boo, which is from a well-known uh, UK. Oh right, uh, yeah, TV program. <laughs> I used to have UK TV anywhere before it got shut off by the BBC. All <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well that that that's good. Do 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 do. Well, Perfect. <laughs> All right, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself, introduce your business, and uh, and uh, and tell us what you're what you're doing nowadays. Okay, yeah. So my name's Aaron Moss. I am a CEO and founder of a little known company in the central uk um in a in a spa town called buxton um the agency's called zero one we've been an e-commerce agency formed in 1999 and we've been a devoted magento only si uh since around 2009 i believe uh we first looked at magento at 1.3 um and, and and as a business, um, predominantly working with open source and, and probably OS commerce at the time, gradually, as many others did, um, got got really bitten by the bug um, of, of making the platform work well for then smaller businesses and startups. Um, and, and we've really grown with the platform um, o- over that time now. And I, I, I probably right in saying that maybe we are still one of a somewhat diminishing uh, proportion that's still um, are solely working with Magento. I certainly know there are a lot of agencies that are perhaps looking at more than one platform at a time. I don't know if that's a strategy that I've consciously um, <laughs> consciously um, and kind of made the decision over or it's just pure british stubbornness to be fair um but i think the devotion to a single platform in my mind um will will pay dividends certain certainly to us i hope um in in the way that we've i think capitalized on that that focus 
um, and that's it. And we and we and we stand here today, really, as 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 that business, but in in two forms. I think is the best way to explain it as an as an SI in a more traditional sense, and as the um, as the beholders of a, of a product that is uh, about to kind of extract itself from from our traditional business. So we've, we've, we we kind of sit here twofold in a sense. Yeah, that's great. And I think, uh, you know, just to get down to the nuts and bolts, uh, what I wanted to talk about is is the product that you're you're doing M MDOQ, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, where yeah. Where you're helping developers and essentially then merchants uh, streamline the CI process. Would that be a good way to look at it or a development process inside of Magento? And I, I don't want to get into. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. That's that's a great start, and 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 actually not getting into the technicalities of it is is an amazing help for me as we as we take the product forward because this is the most challenging aspect of of bringing the product to market. We we could describe it in many ways. In in simplistic terms, um, it is it's it's a it's a tool belt. For, for the Magento application in one sense. Yes, it includes key um, uh, components such as um, uh, pipeline, deployment pipeline, uh, but there are a whole host of other um, areas of the application all founded around automation, really. And I'm gonna steal, I'm gonna steal an analogy that I tripped across um, courtesy of um, Mr. Marks last week. Um, MDoc is 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 the glue in between this freedom of open source and the the constraints of SaaS, which um, as as he perfectly put it, the guardrails. These the, the doors are locked and the guardrails are up. And open source, as 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 with Magento, has been both its greatest strength and greatest weakness over the years of that sheer openness to the platform this this protection in the middle as as using using the metaphor of guardrails we believe mdoc is giving that unique kind of central position to the the, the benefits of both um, you can protect the platform with automation and uh, and a, a shielding almost um, so you can have the power of open source um, without necessarily locking the door and closing you know, and, and throwing away the key. And that's that's a working progress, uh, first to air <laughs> analogy. So we'll see, we'll see how that one gets received, and I might kind of I might work on that. <laughs> yeah, I think just to educate uh, any merchants, the idea of how well how how you would traditionally run a website is your you or your developer would log on with FTP or SFTP or something and modify the code directly on the server and Hopefully it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you break things, uh, and then you you scramble to figure out what what you want to do. Along came version control, um, and uh, then we would to we would uh, we would we would publish things to version control, and then publish things maybe to FTP. But again, we're we're still we're talking directly to the server. Certainly, this was a, a, a habit of many developers up through M1, um, and then along came. You know, and you can you can help me here, but along came compilation uh, that yeah. would would then uh, add a little bit more complexity to the build, or let's just call it uh, 
the complexity of the actual running website, compilation is nothing new to say .NET or some of these other technologies. Um, but Magento 2 um, would then compile itself uh, and, and allow for a faster runtime on production. But it also me it meant that logging in with FTP and just modifying a file, uh, which again was, was never good practice, ended up being even worse practice in this case. Uh, so the, the traditional route for uh, some a developer now or has been uh, for a long time would be to work on your local machine, publish that to a, a development server, or I mean, sorry, publish it to your repository, which then would get uh, would then get uh, deployed or published to a development server, staging server, production server, uh, or wherever you'd like to publish it to. Um, so I think, and that this is, I think, where you're going to come in. What we've seen is the complexity around those builds on your local machine, especially with some of the new technologies uh, that have been introduced into Magento, are making that even more difficult. And I think uh, MDoc now comes in and helps us, helps any developer get onto a project quickly. And I know we spoke before that the time for a local setup has grown and agencies have to start looking about looking at how much time each of their developers is taking to make that local setup work just to get started to work or get, yeah. get their development going because they have to get that running on their local machine. Yeah, I mean you've you've really explained I think the the the, the key challenges of of us as a business and I think one one other piece of background um, from our SI agency, really, um, and, and a key a key factor is that, um, yeah, as you've just explained, this 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 time to effectively preparation time to become a a, a, a billable asset, as it were, in the agency world. Um, I, I, I recall actually the first insight we had into this was. Um, um, well, it was actually from I think it was from Gary Spector. It was on a it was on a partner call with Magento probably five years ago, very early days of the um, enterprise cloud launch, and they were kind of pitching enterprise cloud edition as as the as the early stages of the business as it was kind of um, coming to market. Said that they'd surveyed all the Magento um, SIs and the aggregate estimation for preparing as a developer to, to to carry out some work on a magenta installation was 1.5 days and i thought wow you know that for us we're a, we're a small agency that we actually love working with the application for smaller businesses uh, and quite quite frankly for the majority of small businesses and we do focus on um open source um many of those businesses would would struggle to bear the cost of the man hours for 1.5 days for a lot of the small iterative pieces of work that we do anyway you know we can on a typical day we're we're rolling out two to four hour developments in a very very iterative kind of ci uh, cd way you know so there's deployments happening all the time uh, and to, to to effectively like potentially top and tail with prep and um qa and the rest of the acceptance process at the end a two-hour piece of work you see this massive inflation in 
um, what we can um, assume uh, might might culminate in this heightened um, TCO that is is the kind of hot topic at the moment. Um, so the, the you know the platform costs um, for us were just unrealistic for smaller businesses. So we kind of we we thought uh, we we took the learnings from some of these really um, large clients that we've had the, the fortune of, of working with, and we 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 developed the process and everything that we did was about um it was about iteration it was about replication and it was about taking um a process into a become a an automation and then it eventually it's it's manifested into a product that's really becoming quite rounded so it one click replication you know so you you, you click a couple of buttons and you have what is as near as we can get a um, a certainly a development environment, but to feel as local as it can, um, very very quickly. And by quickly, I mean generally between five and twenty minutes to have a full functional instance um, ready to work with from a from a development or a QA or a support or an exploration or a sandbox basis. And we then we. We realised that when we had the the just the, the, the early seed of this, um, that we we felt for us we had something that we could really take forward, um, and and we've just continued. We've continued, um, albeit on the on the time saving aspects of what it began to deliver a few years ago. And actually, we've been able to put more and more of our internal resource to make it better and better and better. Um, yeah, we're, so we're you know we're really happy with where it is today. It's it's used quite extensively by a number of businesses, um, and, and we've got some exciting prospects. And as you as you as you mentioned before, the the ever complex uh, application stack, specifically as we move now towards headless and PWA, it gets ever um ever more complex for a an individual say software engineer to get um a local working environment so we believe remote you know rdes um with automation around infrastructure replication well we hope <laughs> that that's where the industry will go you know and it, it seems to be the case we're getting really strong evidence now we've got uh a couple of larger clients who MDOC facilitates PWA projects as well using Vue Storefront. So for six, you know, contract uh, JavaScript and CSS coders to be able to be brought into a client's office and spin up um, working Vue Storefront dev instances within minutes with no no localized or DevOps or local infrastructure requirements, uh, and to be working and delivering. Uh, code, usable code to to that wider application that they don't need uh, to become involved with is 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 very exciting, and some of the customers that are using it are getting um, excited about the 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 speed that they can deliver um, kind of project iterations. So yeah, I don't know. If yeah, no, I think I want to key in on that five to 20 minutes and maybe a lot of a lot of merchants don't understand the amount of time a developer could take in, in creating their local environment, especially a new a new person who's just been introduced to the project. 
And I would even say that a developer then who is primarily front end, who would maybe he maybe he or she isn't that familiar with some of the intricacies of of some of the parts of Magento, they might spend a little bit more time or they need a, some help from a, a senior dev to get some of these things running. The solution mm -hmm. that you're offering uh, really for five to 20 minutes, if you know, if we're taking an average of four hours or three hours or whatever that time frame is, uh, depending on the level of the developer to get it up and running. Certainly, you know, if it's a longer term project and you have a developer working on it in the long term and, you know, that that four hours or three hours or two, whatever that time frame is, uh, is negligible over over a two or three month period. But uh, having an agile group and having the ability to bring in front end developers to offer and supplement work uh, with the with the realization that, hey, we're going to get in here, we're going to get up and running in five to 10 minutes. Wow, that's fantastic. And I, I don't think I think it's very difficult to the for for a merchant to understand uh, that that um, the need for that and the complexity of that uh, and and how much time that will save. Um, you you also you spoke a little bit about the 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 whole process, the QA process and and just bringing somebody in for let's just say the the merchant has something they'd like to do and it's sort of last minute and uh, their regular developers on vacation or you know you, as an agency you want to you want to be able to help them having the ability to easily spin up an environment and do that quickly is imperative uh, so I I think you know if you could just speak a little bit to um, to the fact I mean you, to how a merchant should be sort of looking at the time frame from code to get to live and how can they how can an agency improve that time frame I, I think that would help everybody understand uh, like the importance of what you're doing and how how that will really help developers uh, over time and then I think at scale too the more developers you have the more complex it is uh, to keep everybody on the same page i think the key the key for me is is and this could be where whether we've got this right or wrong this this is this has been my kind of firm opinion of the last couple of a couple of years in particular respect to let's say that the, the devops culture uh, and the practicality of let's say deployment pipelines um now there are commercial pieces of software that, that you can work with that can help manage that process but if you look back over the last 10 years at other um, peripheral sectors of e-commerce then let's take let's take email marketing for instance now that is very much 10 years ago the whole mechanics of email marketing and how that evolved and to become intelligent with not necessarily even AI, but um, the level of, uh, you know, um, uh, benefit and progression of how static emails, the global marketing, email marketing lists slowly progressed through the innovation thinking of you know the agencies and the merchants on how they could be more successful and then slowly over the years that became it became the intellect which then eventually became the product and obviously now we have very flourished um market you know a sector with with businesses that have 
very rounded, powerful software solutions that use encompass things like AI. So you've got dot digital and uh, and then, you know, obviously you've got this whole visual merchandising sector as well. And there's a, certainly a convergence between these. Now in DevOps, now that there really hasn't been this breakthrough of um, these, these, these systems are all kind of very much back end seems to be always retained as being within the intellectual property typically of the agency if, if the merchant is small or if it's a large merchant then there's usually some usually very risky assets is probably the best way to explain it of devops engineers that again it's not a, it's not a it's not an open um policy and it's not an open kind of culture it's usually key people either within the agency or within the merchant that actually hold the keys to that um, that kind of process and the progression of DevOps within a business. And what we what we would like to think is that, like any other sector that evolves alongside e-commerce, is that it, it needs to really, as it can, break into um, commercially competitive products that can bring introduce automation um, to all these processes to effectively as i said earlier it's, it's bring the protection and it's it's to fight back with it with with protecting open source with software automation that that kind of brings this um utopian um kind of best of both really between open source and and sas um and that that's that's really what, what we're trying to break through and try and convince the industry that that opportunity is is we feel the single most um uh let's say fruitful way to reduce total cost of ownership certainly for a platform like magento because the the colorful array of uh, and difference that stark difference in in costs from si's and merchants and, and all people delivering on the magento 2 platform for us is 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 kind of worryingly disruptive because of the um there doesn't seem to be any leveling of um of, of costs and 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 that for us is this is one way of controlling that by um introducing in introducing that kind of layer of application and automation that um we hope will um bring a bit of stability to um ownership costs for the platform yeah so let me let me just speak uh, right to this whole SaaS versus the on-prem or, or self-hosted uh platforms um and, and and look at it from the merchant's point of view uh traditionally um you know when we did go when we were just doing things with ftp the process to update your website was fairly similar you know i guess in the SaaS world you would go log in and make some modifications to your theme the more complex your theme is, the more, uh, I guess, more skill you'll need in, in doing those modifications. Um, and I guess I, I'm assuming, because I'm not 100% sure, but I'm assuming there's some version control in the theming, uh, you know, inside Shopify or something. And somebody somebody will correct me if, if there isn't version control. If there isn't, wow, that's going to be horrible, but I'm assuming there is. Um, uh, in the traditional FTP world, there was no version control unless you had it on the server itself, which you know a lot of a lot of agencies would do. Um, 
then, you know, from a SaaS platform, you probably have a staging environment that you could publish those changes to a live environment if you wanted to do some kind of testing. Uh, I think what you're saying is your solution is very similar to that process where even a merchant who had some light development knowledge or just had to change a color in a CSS or something like that could log into a staging server. And if they had the same sort of skill set, they could, you know, I'm just being very theoretical here. They could, uh, they could, uh, they could modify that uh, that code on the server and then publish that to live. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I oversimplified yeah. that. I think no, yeah. I think that's that's a, it's a really good it's a really good attempt to kind of bring me back to the simplification that I need to, um, to, to really to be able to communicate as, as we take the product forward because I'm often really dragged into um much deeper conversations now yeah as you, and another way to put it is let's let's take a couple of um like real world current scenarios so if you are you're on m2 and you want to look at um a pwa or let's say somewhere in the middle you want to look at the um hoover implementation now you may be a merchant who just wants to bring an expert in who's got a year's worth of experience in in tailwind css he doesn't care about the magento infrastructure the application the stack or anything he's just brought in because he is an he's a he's a tailwind guru now this fully facilitates the fact that you can spin up a replication from production it manages the source control branch off and it gives you a effectively like a, a root access to a server that is t in total isolation so you can go and do what you want you can allow with just the provision of an of an ssh public key that individual to to do anything to run havoc if they want because you can destroy that infrastructure or you can click a button and it will analyze the file structure and it will report back a suggestion of what's going to go into source control so you can accept that work back in and this is this is um this is for me this was the missing link in the failure and demise of the well what was with magento one the connect system and the admin system and in the magento two it was i forget what it was called but it, it's it, it died in 2.3.5 they removed it so the kind of the extension connector interface without without a, a marriage of changes on the magento application to source control um you, you you're left with only risk you know so um we couple those things together you know so we can install a module and the system knows exactly what's been done so you give a hoover expert um access to a server and tell him to go and do what he needs to do. And he finishes at the end of the day and you click a button and it'll say, here's the changes. Now we can accept those into source control and you can click another button and it'll go running regression tests all night um, and, and deploy automatically if you want, if you've got really good regression tests. Um, automation is just, it, it is the future and it sits, it sits nowhere in, in the accessible commercial domain as a as a let's say as the productized agency 
which is why we get such disparity and confusion with with, with the marketplace and um, TCO um, that that is 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 at the mercy really of the agency. Um, so, yeah, I think we take we take that culture outside the agency and put it independently, and it means then that the merchants have better platform control. They feel like they have more control over the application because they do and the agencies and the experts um can can work more independently because the um the the the, the kind of operational culture of the website in terms of its progression doesn't need to live externally to the merchant it can belong so it's agencies can deliver code to source control and that's their responsibility done application infrastructure that's what that's what platform as a service is so this just basically takes control and makes it more independent yeah and i think from the merchant so again kind of looking at this through the lens of the merchant they if they if they sign up for a, a SaaS based solution like big commerce or, or shopify they don't care if they don't care about the app, the infrastructure. They don't care how the code gets yeah. to the server. They just want it to work. And uh, you know, I think the reality is that merchants on Magento would also like it to work, but they would also like to do everything they want to do inside of Magento or inside of their application, which they can do anything. Um, yeah. So we we you know we talked about some simple things that can get easily published. Uh, uh, easily published to production. Uh, the reality is that there's some very complex things that are not even possible in a lot of the SaaS solutions that as a developer and as an agency, this, this helps you to get those things into production much quicker and much more efficiently. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out on the limb much more, uh, which, with a lot more safety in terms of visibility on code, visibility on how well that code works in in a near production environment, and then getting that code live and and even let's just say um, that it uh, that you that there was something missed in QA or something missed in UAT or or there's some third party that's that's on the production that nobody that nobody tested and it didn't work going backwards is also easier like some regression or some return uh, one step backwards. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, this is where as a, as a business, I suppose, beginning with its, its passion and eye on the, on the smaller business that, you know, to be fair, the, the majority that we talk to, you know, probably probably glaze over if we start talking about deployment pipelines and and, it, and you know in some cases regression testing. I think that that visibility and exposure of us as as an agency to those enterprise level businesses where um, th that level of operation is is an absolute necessity to de-risk. Um, you know, they hundred percent is is kind of almost. I mean, they call it now configuration as code. This is where Magento is going. It's, you know, to 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 have to jump into um, a Magento admin system and frantically configuring things because code has just gone live at the same time. That's where we lived in Magento 2.2 and certainly Magento 1. Um, and as the as that has progressed, and we now have this evolution and this concept of 
uh, CAC and configuration as code. Now, thankfully, thank, thank the Lord, we can we can take exact configuration of the of the Magento application alongside uh, new code and deploy that live instantly um, at the same time. So the configuration all happens uh, in unison with the deployment. That just that de-risks so much, and it, it's been such an eye opener for us to be able to take that methodology down to our smaller clients because with many of those it really doesn't it doesn't take much in terms of you know disruption and we you know we want to be deploying 50 times a day you know if we have to have operatives and people who are skilled to go into magento admins for smaller businesses and go jumping around changing configuration and turning a turning and configuring a new module that's just gone live um, it, it's, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the scalable, um, progression of the application. And I think as those, um, features have been introduced to Magento, uh, rightly so it, it points, it points the progression further in, in, in the sense that, um, there is a, almost a, a an inbuilt deterrent from um, maybe working in Magento Admin too much to configure the application, you know, with this now ability to lock um, the configuration down to give people less of a reason to be interacting so much with the application. We've seen it, we've seen it so much where you can go into Magento Admin one or two and change a setting and, and cause a problem, you know, and I think to take even that aspect and there are small merchants that probably wouldn't like this but when you show them the benefit of everything going through a process of automation and therefore baked into source control then changing and setting in system config here away from production never in production away from production that even itself as a configuration change goes through a regression process then actually we start to understand that we are we are without without locking that door we are moving towards sas without becoming sas um and and gaining both benefits and flexibility you know and that's for, for us and smaller businesses that is um that is showing a remarkable um opportunity in in in, in again cost reduction because we're not mopping up and um you know we can we, we can we can click buttons and deploy and know that we don't have to have three or four resources ready to maybe pick up the pieces after um, because we just, all we need to do is increase uh, the, the regression testing and the processes in pre-production and, and production really starts to take care of itself, you know. Yeah, I want to key um, in on, on two pieces there. The the first piece is, is the ability uh, for the merchant to really screw up their store. I'll just be very blunt. Very, really screw up their store by just logging into admin. It can happen in any. <laughs> you can screw up your yeah. e-commerce or Shopify or, or Magento. And um, I think that you really brought up a great point that they should be screwing up their store in some non-production environment. Uh, and getting into that habit. Um, so the first part is uh, is uh, you know just doing the habit of of playing with some of these things. Your typical merchant would never log into staging just to see what happens when they clicked something. They would most likely log in, 
click it in production. And if it breaks, they would go back and unclick it. The unfortunate things that happen in real life is they've clicked it and now suddenly they're locked out of admin. <laughs> so, so the ability in a set, now they have to call some, you know, some call center in, in some far off land. Um, uh, it could be Newcastle, who knows? Um, and, um, <laughs> and try to restore that. Uh, but getting into the habit of doing things in a, in a, in a pro appropriate way and educating the, the merchant on how this should happen is I feel the first step in just best practice around e-commerce in general, not Magento, not Big Commerce, not Shopify, not any of those other platform shopware, um, helping them to understand that, oh, yes, the code should go through this process, but even the configuration should go, go through this process. Uh, and then that, that will help them to be a, a better, I think a better merchant, but also just a, you know, a better store owner and understanding that some of these, some of the things that the store owner, store owner does will impact their production environment and what they could be doing. Or, you know, a lot of people are going to have a staff, what their staff is doing is impacting their live site and how that, how that uh, live site impact will, uh, will reduce their sales at some point if it, if it stops their site from working for a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in, in taking, well, kind of um, similar kind of analogies from other areas of both Magento and other industries, I mean, you have the concept of, well, take, take the enterprise staging, for instance. I mean, that is a feature that allows um, content to be staged before it's, it's made live or, you know, and from a marketing perspective, planning and, and visibility um of 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 a marketing event in the future now again that's um for us it still doesn't really encompass everything the whole the whole application you know there are always there are always individuals within a business and the more that can be involved the better the more innovative the business is the more accessibility um of of any kind of staff members involved to get access to call it call it a sandbox environment an environment that they can do anything with um the more they can the more value they can de deliver to the business um and potentially drive that that business forward and that doesn't necessarily just it's not isolated singularly at marketing events it's the whole magento application it's how can i maybe use this new feature um to understand how whether this configuration is better or this method is you know this this extension can be used in this way and to sandbox that somewhere away from production as you say is absolutely well it de-risks what's happening in real life now on production um and it gives you um it gives you the safety net of doing it away from production and the, and the fact that we it is kind of a an infinitely replicable system that you can clone 20 instances of production means that there are not individuals tripping over each other saying, oh, you've just done this. That's just knock this out of the, you know, you can have individual instances or you can work on a team uh, environment for a particular activity. Uh, again, like um, like content staging, but it, 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 it starts and stops at content staging for, for um for planning marketing events. And of course, that's only a commerce feature. So it's, again, it's one of those things that it doesn't, um, it doesn't serve the uh, community and the open source 
customer base. So we, we, we had this thought two years ago and we quite simply, we built into the infrastructure. Uh, it was a system time change. So actually you can spin an instance up, set the system clock on the container that, right, and just say, set this future date to, to next week. And then all the facilities of uh, open source that can schedule uh, campaigns and design changes and uh, uh, rules were effectively there in in commerce because you were setting the system date on the on the installation to two weeks in the future. So that was kind of wow, yeah, that 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 could work. That's just turning it into the enterprise scheduler because we're setting the date to two weeks ahead. Um, that's just another another byproduct really of a. <laughs> just a, a really good brainstorming session, but there are there are so many um, other ways um, of of really drawing much more out of uh, you know the Magento open source application than than are really getting credit for at the moment. I think that's the main. I think the open source and the community is is relatively quiet, and that is both scary and and in it and in a sense disappointing. And I think. Hoover, hopefully yours. I think there, there needs now to be a resurgence to really um, not not bite back, but really um, push out this content and and um, show show the world really how amazing Magento open source in its foundation really is. Um, yeah, so um, uh, three points, and then I think we're going to run out of time. The first point is just education around the sandbox idea. And the reality is the merchant should already be used to sandboxes. If they're running PayPal or any payment gateway, they never want to pub. They want to make sure their payment gateway works before they go live. They all give you the ability to do a sandbox. Yeah. So a sandbox yeah. should, never be, uh, should never be something the merchant doesn't understand. And if they don't, as an agency or developer, you should be educating the merchant about this concept of a sandbox. And I think that you brought the idea of a sandbox right up front and a big differentiator, I think, between what you're doing and what a SaaS version is doing, or even the, the common, this, the traditional way of running a Magento store, uh, the ability to have 10 different environments and how many, how many people have a merchant that has so many great ideas. They wanna test every idea every day, uh, but that idea is stepping on this idea because developer A is working on this or developer B and a, you know, like the merchant is saying, well, just add more people to it. Okay. Well, this does your solution does add the ability to theoretically add more production people because we can segment that development process into thin little parallel uh, yeah. silos that then can be merged in later. So I think those are the, you know, the sandbox thing, and then the ability to have all these different environments. Uh, certainly the different environments is something that is a dif big differentiator from the traditional SaaS model. Um, but this, you know, I, I think that that would help, help merchants see the value in what you're doing and help them to understand that that value will actually get their code live faster, even then in something, you know, like a SaaS environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that um, this this conversation we have um, qu quite often with 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 businesses of all sizes, and I think it boils back to this uh, this concurrency. I think is the one the one key thing that you honed in on was uh, we have some larger clients that we 
I suppose, invite to, to exploit the application in the sense that it, it could be QA, it could be exploratory, it could be training, it could be bug, it could be a, a small feature subset of a much larger delivery. We've got some clients that have up to 50 concurrent instances. And what that does is it creates independence and then it creates um, a, an opportunity for um, brand new ideas to, to go straight through to production, obviously critical issues to be independently fixed and go straight through. And, and as we know, businesses change and adapt almost on a daily basis. So what could be a priority um, to the business last, last week? That might change next week. So a level of concurrency to allow, you know, the streams of work and ideas to to change pace um, means that it, it buckles this traditional, oh, well, the rest of the business can only really get visibility of that feature in three weeks time because UAT, which is usually the only kind of accessible point that the the business gets visibility is there and that's behind another two work packages that are, are, are there's a bottleneck because it's a single stream well all these instances are, are, are globally visible at any point so it's um yeah for us it, it things that stop start decisions people go on holiday and all these other normal business uh, activities that that can slow and speed up individual streams are, are facilitated yeah, and I, okay, so uh, I, I have my last point that I wanted to talk about, and then let's just kind of recap what you just said in, in I, I like that, uh, that concept, the concurrent concept, but the reality now is that headless is going to necessitate merchants to look at some hosted solution like a PWA, and that they have to continue to think about how that code gets into production. So I, I, I think, well, Magento is a, is a good example of how you can run anything headless on top of it, but big commerce now allows for any PWA and, and, uh, and view storefront has a solution that runs on top of big commerce. So, uh, you know, making sure that your, that making sure that your developers understand that process, even in a SaaS environment. And um, I guess, um, how that can help the merchant, the agency, the developer to streamline the process of getting that code live. No matter what, what backend solution they're using, it could, you know, at some point it could be commerce tools or it could be shopware. You know, there's, there's all, there's an infinite amount of solutions that, that, um, that your, the MDOC uh, solution can provide uh, that would help uh, the entire workflow happened faster and more efficiently. And I think the, the key, the, the bottom line key is that it happened safer. Mm, yeah. I mean, with, with PWA, we, we looked at PWA, we looked at the customers that we had at the time. Um, and at the time we, we, we made the, the firm decision to focus firstly on view storefront. Um, and, and we, we have now a, a facility and support within the MDOC application for View Storefront as a, as a stack. And, and yeah, to, to kind of answer um, kind of a couple of points um, there, it, it's broken, broken into almost a, a three layer 
um, application stack independently and, and managed um, with MDoc in that you have your Magento backend in the headless sense. You have your caching layer, which is the view storefront API. Um, and you have effectively view, view storefront instances. And those kind of three components are not only can they be independent, um, that, that actually now affords some, some significant benefits with the right kind of infrastructure and the orchestration in place so that let's say we can have a development backend. Now you may, maybe that you need to carry out some work on, um, exposing, um, a, let's say a point system, you know, developed a point system on open source and that now needs, needs to be in the backend in order to kind of exchange the relevant data. That needs to be exposed to a new development at the API layer, um, and obviously involves uh, view storefront API work. And then it could be that you can spin off five or six instances, all referencing that particular um, API layer, which is still in non-production. There's still an active development, but you know the people that are developing, you know, the JavaScript guys here you know someone developing a user interface for points and redemption and checkout they are all kind of fully um fully independent sorry i've got a i've got something ringing here but i'm not entirely sure what it is so um, um yeah that's i mean that's a great point um having the ability to segment out those different processes allows future um let me just think uh, like future, uh, the ability for new features to be introduced and, and anything, uh, anything there, there's no restrictions on this that would say that would preclude someone working in a traditional Magento environment. If they're working in a headless environment, they could be doing the same thing, just decouple the backend, moving a new backend your two front end in that scenario, your two front end items are still going to be the same. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's that, and I think that level of that the, the slicing up, particularly with view storefront, with being three key components, it um, it, it it affords that, and and um, that that progression almost marries. Um, thankfully, with the direction that we're going in, is it, you've, you've got, we've got to introduce this automation because. Uh, you know, a, a heavy Magento backend requiring all these application components with um, Elasticsearch, Redis sat in the middle have got to be populated. And we've, we've got clients that take 16 hours to populate an index from nothing, you know, to, to, to have to orchestrate that locally. Just just to do a bit of CSS on the front end is um, it, it's, it's not feasible. It won't be feasible and it won't it won't allow Magento to retain uh, the competitive edge as um as it attempts to kind of continue the the, the kind of um s support for innovation and, and, and openness as if the application stack cannot be you know automated uh, from an orchestration perspective so it no it's, it's very exciting to see these other strands introduced to uh, and 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 as we converge more like you say, you can swap out the back end and uh, the, the front end that you've developed on view storefront could be connected to a different back end next year. I mean, that, that in itself is exciting. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, we're almost out of time here. I, I did want to cover some important points. 
uh, on how to pronounce the Haifa Hufa theme. Um, it, sounded, it almost sounded like you were saying Hoover, which just means you're going to suck up the theme. Um, Is it Haifa? Is it Hufa? Uh, yeah, I think uh, from yeah, I think it must be where you live. Uh, definitely, yeah. um, uh, uh, Yissa had some had some points, and uh, Benai has some points, and Wilhelm has some points on how to pronounce it. And the other thing is, it, it is Redis, and I, I think that you mispronounced it. Um, there is a lot more English speakers in the U.S. now than in England, so. <laughs> I would I would just stress that uh, that uh, a lot of a lot of us in America do uh, do, do pronounce things the correct way, but we, <laughs> we don't have to get we don't have to dive down into that. Um, well, great. This has been this has been very informative. Um, I hope that uh, you know I hope the merchants uh, uh, didn't. I hope we didn't get too complicated for the merchants. I think it's important mm. that the, the merchant, the developer, and the the agency all understand how important that is. And I think one one good way that we could end it with is if you could in one sentence say how this will help the developer, how this will help a merchant, how this will help the agency uh, would give us a, a good, you know, kind of uh, kind of closing off point on, on why what you're doing is so important for our, our community. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll certainly try. I think it, I think to encapsulate all the all the potential benefits that are shared across those particular disciplines for us, it is it is the it is the the transition of of um, repetitive activities in in your professional capacity. Uh, you know, a role in a business as a merchant as a developer is is really uh, is is introducing automation where it needs to introduce um, a cost-saving benefit into um, the, the working um, development of, of, of Magento as an application uh, for, the, for the benefit of all, not only risk, risk reduction, um, but as I say, significant cost-saving. And um, it, it, it's, it really is not unlike any other industry that's um, introduced the same methods to um, bring uh, safety and and cost reduction, uh, likewise, likewise to it to progress, uh, progress the technology. So that's that's what we hope to do, um, and hopefully there'll be other platforms that um, uh, emerge to to as I say further stabilize and reduce costs for um, for Magento as a, as a whole. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate it, uh, Aaron. Um... Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Point. So no relation to Moss from the IT crowd? <laughs> no. Less no. hair. Less hair as well. <laughs> Great. Well, hey, I, <laughs> this has been really fun, and uh, we should try to do this again. And as, as things progress and as we, uh, you know, maybe even some demos we could do in the future or something like that, I don't know. Let's Let's keep it open and... Uh, I love this. I love what you're doing and how you're helping the Magento community and uh, keep it up. Keep up all the good work. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Take care. Yep. Thank you. Talk Commerce is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, and Magento Creative partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth. 
Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.